1: This is
2: the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one.
1: Today's show is sponsored by Lyft. Join the ride-sharing company that believes in treating its people better. Go to Lyft.com slash christian today, and you can get a $500 new driver bonus. That's Lyft.com slash christian for a $500 new driver bonus. Today's show is also sponsored
2: by Brook Linen. With BrookLinen.com, you can get the high quality sheets and bedding you deserve at a price that won't keep you up at night. Get $20 off your order and free shipping by going to BrookLinen.com and using the promo code BADCHRISTIAN. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. I don't even need to say anything.
1: Good lord, the beatbox is unreal today. He was trying to get you to go bad Man, Christian like brass God. monkey. I thought that was good. You didn't pick oh, it up. Is it? Try it again. Oh, that was going to be good. Good lord, the beatbox is unbelievable today. Did I
2: still did I mess it up again? Bad Christian. <laughs> Mm, that, that, mm, mm, mm. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't listen to satanic rap music when I was a teenager.
0: <laughs> I don't. Y'all must listen to that shit. You I didn't listen to it. "License to Ill." Oh my god! Did you think you S- know, Toby would pick that up and say "Bad Christian"? I just thought he would do something <laughs> instead of just like nothing. Well, I just th- feel ashamed. And just bad. I just feel
2: bad. I what? feel fat and shame and just awful from way y'all are treating me. Right. Now. Well,
0: here's a little story that. Um, here's a little I'd story like tell that tell. I like to tell. <laughs> I knew that one. Got I it. I mean, guys, it. it's just it's just slow and low. I mean, you, you just got to let yourself go.
1: You may be out- outdating tempo, our, our our young millennial audience with the Beastie Boys <laughs> stuff, but who knows? And that also goes uh-huh. to show we don't plan shit out. We this just comes natural, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how me, y'all doing? I'm doing I, I, good. I, what's, what's going on? I'm doing good. I found a new product aimed at moms that I wanted to tell everybody about that's fe- fear-based.
0: Uh, are you pro- a proponent? Up. Oh, you sound like you're a opponent. I, I'm just
1: going to tell you what it is. I'm just going to tell you okay. what it is. So the product is called, uh, you, know, you know how moms are and kids and safety, big market. Fear-based. That's that's what they tell you for products. You got to go. You got to speak to people's fears, and then you have an answer. That's just kind of thing. Anyway, this one is called Unbuckle Me. Now, apparently, (laughs) many have you heard? Have you heard of the children being left in the car? I've seen this Yeah, I hate it. So that's been making the rounds. It's horrible. Uh, But sometimes kids get left in the car on accident. It seems. It Which just, you know, my wife told me about it Bit, recently, yeah. and then I noticed this product unbuckle me. So here's what it is: a tiny, small Bluetooth uh, device that has a uh, piece piece in it that is a metal detector. So you stick it on the back, the plastic back of your child's buckle where they buckle into their car seat, right? Yeah. Th- those yeah. things are plastic, and then the the the, the, right. the buckle itself is metal that goes in. I mean, the things that go into the. Buckle or metal. So there's no metal in it, and then you put those two things in there, and it senses that it is latched. It pairs to your smartphone, and any time that your child seat is latched, as in the metal is detected to be in the buckle, every five minutes you get an alert on your phone. So when when your kid's not in the car, there is a... When your kid's not in the car, you never leave it buckled, right? So it would never be annoying. Right. And, if, and every five minutes, you get an alert on your phone that says your child's car seat is buckled. And then when you unbuckle it, it doesn't ever bother you at all. So that way, even if 10 minutes, even if you ignored it once, it's going to happen again if you missed it, whatever it is. So as long as it's Bluetooth paired to your thing, it is going to make you not you know, re- remember that that child is in the car.
0: Or and so why wow. is this for mothers and not parents
1: well it's just it's for parents but I You're said aimed at moms bastard. because that's what the demographics yeah. would certainly say on their research because the if you'll notice the moms kids. are the ones that share these articles Bridget comes home and tells me the other night about <laughs> she tells me a story about this guy this and that and uh, I mean it's so, it's so horrifying to me that I didn't even want to I, I wish she wouldn't tell me it's probably not likely to happen maybe there's some function of scaring me that will prevent it from happening with us but it's just so yeah. I don't want that in my brain I've been thinking about it all that's the, the worst time. Ever, I've been thinking about it whenever I get out of the it, car. Now I'm thinking, do I have a kid? I mean, it's just it's just too disturbing right. to think about.
0: I mean, but... there's actually there's actually stories. There's there's one where a guy didn't normally take his kid to uh, child right, care. Right, that's the one. That's what one, we're talking about. Yeah, one of yeah. his kids was sick, and so yeah, yeah I, I don't even tell the story. I, I,
1: just, that's what I'm saying. I don't want to hear uh, that. Like, but that's the problem. You probably heard that from a woman.
2: There's that's what's so yeah, sadistic
1: but, asshole. You know how many times I, I,
2: Jess goes. You hear about that kid that's dead. I, Secondary <laughs> I mean, drowning. All, I mean, it's all these things. I want to have <laughs> a nice evening watching Netflix with my wife, and I got to hear about dead chi- dead kids, right? <laughs> and uh, brain eating amoebas. Yeah. All right, the, oh, the brain eating wor- definitely. Wor- I mean, it shows you that, and women don't even a lot of times seem to like scary movies, or at least my wife doesn't mm-hmm. like a scary movie. I should rather I should say, Jess doesn't like scary movies or bad thoughts, or whatever, but she'll. Find the worst horrific
1: child sex possible, and then want to talk about it. There's something morbid and fantasy-based about
0: it. Women women and Joey, man. I mean, it's just. Well, well, stay with me a sec. (laughs) Stay with me a second here, because.
2: You know, so Pris- Priscilla feels our pain.
1: <laughs> yeah. So this, but it's, if you think of the statistics of it, I mean, there's 200, i mean, let's say it's probably 80 million children in the U.S. that are in car seats. I don't know, 40 to 80, if somebody could check that, I'm sure it's in that range. I'm sure this happens 10, 20, 30 times, maybe a year. It just doesn't seem like it's worth it to have it rattle around your brain. Of course, I mean, maybe having it rattle around your brain would maybe cause you to not, it could save your kid's life because you walk, but I don't know that that's worth walking around in fear all the time I don't know if it's worth it so I almost something that statistically low I almost just don't want it in my brain it's just unpleasant so I'm not sure how to really weigh that
0: yeah, I'll put myself out there, and I, I promise you, this is embarrassing for me to say, but I left Waylon in the car for mm. about five minutes when mm. he was super young. I went mm. to the grocery store, and I totally forgot that I had taken him because mm. Holy I hardly shit. ever oh take gosh. him with me yeah. to like a quick trip on the grocery store, and he was crying at home. And I was like, oh, I'll Fell grab him, oh i Fell asleep. I don't want to talk about Yeah, it. that, that way. And- I left him in the car, and I didn't realize it until I was walking to the car. I was like, oh, my gosh. I, kept, I walk up to the car. He's screaming. Oh, I my gosh. The door. Are you serious? I, yeah, I opened the door, and I immediately talked to him, and he's totally fine. Yeah, All he needed was to hear his dad's voice, but it Still, just crushed me. I was oh like, man. I left him in the car for about five minutes. So, well, uh, that I mean, I, y'all know how careful an OCD I am. I mean, so it really can happen to anybody. I you know? know. I feel bad.
1: Just have to think about it. But, I mean, I, I get it. But can anybody identify the problem with the Unbuckle Me product that I described?
0: Long
2: distance trips. You get a, um, something every five minutes. This little, your phone's buzzing every five minutes about your kid being buckled.
1: Oh, uh, you can. Ma- it has, I think it has a manual disable for that, like a oh, snooze button or whatever kind of thing. But if you wouldn't, anyway. That, that that's true. That'd be that's something. I'm sure it's in the software. Joey, any? But do you see the major flaw with this? There's a huge flaw in it. A deal uh, breaker.
0: I don't. I don't even want to try to think about it. Just tell us.
1: Okay, I'll tell you what. its It doesn't exist. I made it up on the way into the office this morning. So somebody okay. please go make that. <laughs> is the point. <laughs> <laughs> It's oh obviously God. would work, I mean Greco or some other company could probably yeah. integrate it into the their buckle of their uh car seat, so it's a million dollar idea, but or some yeah. third party thing like the types of direct response stuff we do on the podcast could mark that 'd be forty nine ninety nine uh, w- when you buy it. No, I wouldn't.
3: <laughs> I, just, I mean, forty nine
1: ninety nine for the peace of mind on there. So anyway, I would suggest somebody right. go do I don't care about the idea. I don't need a tip from it. I don't need anything like that. But, you know, I'd pay $50 for, for that. So I actually think it's a decent idea.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great idea. They're, they're also talking about other random ideas is to always keep like your – your cell phone back there by your kid mm-hmm. or your purse or whatever you definitely Don't need to take Don't let pastors to work. have kids. Right. <laughs> or, or another one. I mean, they're actually going so far as to say when to ask, ask your child care provider if you don't show up and it's unannounced, you weren't, you didn't know that the kid wasn't coming. Please call me every single time. So mm-hmm. it is actually becoming a something. I mean, the percentages of parents that leave their kids in the car is like obviously super low, but still, if you just appreciate. look at the number of kids that are dying. Just as a number in itself, it is pretty devastating. Yep, for sure. It really, it,
2: it, yeah, sure. Oh my god, how was your day? Good, babe. How you doing? Uh, did you hear about the two twins that drowned? That's my every day. <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> <laughs> it's every day. it's every day. Oh, doing do, oh yeah yeah yeah. They, they were alligator attack on a toddler. I got it. Yeah. Well yeah. there's
1: one good way to keep your kids uh make sure and that's riding the back seat with them when you take a lift. So let me tell you about lift for a second. Lyft knows that their drivers are what keep them moving. I'm glad that they recognize that. So they're doing everything they can do to make sure their drivers are happy on every trip. Now, this is a smart business move because the people that are driving for Lyft, they really are. They're the lifeblood of this company. So it's very smart of them to recognize and take care of their drivers. And guess what? They do that. I know a lot of people that drive for Lyft, those are happy people. They like it they are happy. And so I would suggest to you, maybe you want to drive for Lyft. I mean, it's really a simple formula. Happy drivers mean happy passengers. So maybe that's why nine out of 10 Lyft rides get a perfect five-star rating. That's because they've got this thing on lockdown. They've got it dialed. Ride sharing is a huge deal and Lyft is knocking it out of the park. Now you can earn hundreds of dollars a week plus tips. And if you want to earn more money and you just drive more. It's never been easier. Think of it this way you want to give yourself a race? Well, you just drive more. Just stay out a little longer. Uh, do a good job. Get a tip. I mean, you know, it's, it's quite simple. Lyft is set you up for success if you want to be a driver. Lyft was the first rideshare platform with tipping built right into the app because getting tips shouldn't depend on your passenger having like a $1 bill in their pocket or something like that. You keep 100% of the tips and they add up fast. Drivers have been paid over $200 million since the feature was first introduced. And Express Pay lets you get paid almost instant. Instead of waiting for weeks. So, Lyft is, they've even taken the guesswork out of pickups. The new AMP device uses color coding to help passengers find their drivers. Again, Lyft has got their stuff dialed. If you want to drive, if you want to make some money, you should drive. For Lyft. So join the ride sharing company that believes in treating its people better. Go to Lyft.com slash Bad Christian today and you can get a $500 new driver bonus. That's Lyft.com slash Bad Christian. Lyft.com slash Bad Christian. Limited time only, terms apply. All right, there you go. Lyft. Right on. So mm-hmm. y'all got any other stuff? I got two more things rattling around. We have time for one of them, so I'll give you a choice. You're on a roll, man. Oh, you know. Yeah, Toby get, and I get away I, from
2: kid death and I'll be happy. You want to yeah, stay Toby on I, kids wanna, or do you want to move from No, kids? Get away from it.
1: Okay.
0: Toby and I, we want to lay ourselves down for you right now okay. and just humble ourselves and and let you take this cuz you're our brother. Okay.
1: Well, the two one was kid related, although positive, and the other one was I got to I'm I'm, I'm I want to get into McDonald's and also, minimum wage, so that's a bigger topic, oh, but yeah. we'll, do it. we'll do it in Heck about four yeah. or five minutes. All right, let's Is do that it. more interesting to you? It, it's, a l- okay. lighter. It's, it's lighter. It's less devastating. It's less kid-based, right?
0: Okay, so <laughs> teach your kids. Toby, to- that was, Toby, that was such an understatement. You said, it's lighter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, so McDonald's, uh, Toby... No, you're right. Let's go back to kid death. <laughs> I just prefer to stay at kid death. Okay, so I want to talk about minimum wage and McDonald's, and if you care about your kids, don't worry about the other stuff. Start training them to be able to get a better job than work at McDonald's instead of worrying about it, hopefully the minimum wage being high enough that your kids will, will be able to have a, uh, <laughs> a three-bedroom house and take and a retirement fund from their minimum wage at McDonald's because it ain't going to happen. Uh it's one of the, I talk good about McDonald's, but there's the biggest flaw with McDonald's is, in fact, the employees, the humans involved the company good mm. the technology mm. all this other stuff is good but the humans yeah. are a problem and so I don't I'm not a proponent of minimum wage I really dislike it and the, the, I like McDonald's but I don't like the, all the pressures they're building it's like I said in Seattle we pay $8 for a combo meal now because the minimum wage is Eww. so high now at least for paying $15 for service you would imagine it'd be really good but that is not true either so I know the incentives are, right. are whack on this whole deal uh, Toby do you you know at McDonald's one thing they can never get right? What? What's the thing if you decaf, order at McDonald's they can't get decaf coffee? coffee and iced Regularly. coffee? Oh, oh, iced
2: coffee for sure. They
1: can't get it. No. And it's probably no. a flaw in their training somewhere but they cannot get iced coffee. Reva comes in today with iced coffee and it is not It's just so far off. It's so wrong. I went and tried to get a... a, Lunsford's been ordering iced coffee for five years, and no matter how much you try to explain to the employee that you don't want sweetener or how to do it, they can't figure it out. It must be a flaw in the training or where people's heads are at. They don't even understand that the syrup that you put in to the coffee is not part of the coffee. It's actually sweetener. So if you tell them, (laughs) leave the sweetener out they will not do it. I ordered one the other yeah, day. I, I said, understand. "I said, don't even put cream in it or sweetener because I was going to put cream in it, which is why I like it. But I didn't even want to make it mess it up because they mess it up so <laughs> many times. I said, leave the cream out and leave the sweetener out. So I want nothing. Well, ice and the black coffee and that is all. And the reason I know to say that is because thousands of times I've seen this happen. I've seen Lunsford do it 10 times in a row and they get it wrong every time. So I really wanted iced coffee, which I avoid at McDonald's because I know they don't know how to make it. But it's good. Anyway... I, drive, I order the black iced coffee. I drive straight up to the thing, and I, I explain no sweetener, no sugar, no syrup, nothing. I drive up to the thing, and I wish you could see it if it was on video right now. There's just a you know five foot six guy in there has a forty ounce cup, and he's got his hand on the pump, going crank, 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 <laughs> just pumping a hundred times of this sugar into my coffee. And I, I just I asked him before he even I says, "Hey, sir, is that my coffee?" And he says, "Yeah." I said, I don't want any sweetener. I don't want any. I said, none. I said, none. And, and he, he looks at me all confused. I said, just put the coffee in it. Just put the black coffee in the ice and hand it to me. It's crazy. And. I like McDonald's, so I apologize to that, but they need to fix that one. And then I was inside the restaurant earlier this week, and the lady was having trouble with my order, like understanding what I wanted. Maybe it was something without a bun. I don't remember what it was. She's having a little trouble with it. She's not that smart. She makes $15 an hour, but whatever. And she... I noticed it when I went to pay because I still am in this habit somehow where I will hand people the credit card when it's time for me to pay because it's pay. I'm supposed to give you the money. Like that's how it feels, right? Like I'm used to still, I've been using cards for 10 years, but, uh, still hand the person the card and they go, no, no. And they point to the pen pad, right? So this person had trouble with my order. And then I went to go pay and I handed her the credit card, which she pointed back to the pen pad. And I said, oh, 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 I forgot. I do the payment with the machine. Got it. Okay, my bad. Put that in and I just look at her and she's staring at a screen, trying to figure out what to punch into the screen. At which point I realize what are you here for? Turn the screen around to me <laughs> right. and leave, and we'll all be fine. You make That's $15 right. an hour. The labor's going up. The price of the cheeseburgers is going up. And if you would just swivel your screen around to me <laughs> and put some pictures <laughs> on it, I'd be all good. You don't have a job. You're not doing anything. All you're doing is listening to my words and pushing buttons. That's all you're doing. Right. And there's no reason to pay you $15 an hour to do that. And that job won't exist in, uh, I, I can't even believe it still exists. I can't even believe that job still exists. Right. <laughs> And you were worried about them making a living wage to do just that. Don't be that way. I mean, I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just saying, please learn some skills so that you can do better than that, because that job will not be here. And I can't, I can't imagine it'll be here in two years in Seattle with the minimum wage just high it is. And the reports have come out, and it's, there's corruption in the government where they're trying to – get other reports to come out to balance it there's some stories about it here I just, I'm just letting everybody know I'm not trying to be libertarian or anti-anything or anti I, I'm not trying to be anything it just seems obvious to me there's a big study that comes out on the minimum wage and it says that the average hourly workers pay has gone down because cuts in their hours so right. the hourly workers that's supposed to help are now making less money per month and well, well, we're not incentivizing yeah. anybody to get, gain any skill or move forward or anything it's a disaster
2: well, here's the problem. Big corporations aren't going to make less money. They just aren't going to, no matter what. So they'll figure out a way to keep making the same amount of money or increase their profits. And that's just always going to hurt the employee. But, yeah, it just I'm just will, saying, don't, right? don't
1: think that they're being mean. Like, what, like seriously, no, well, why would you, you need know, that person on. to push well, those well, buttons? <laughs> I, I'll push back a little bit,
2: a little bit back on that. It, of course, a company wants to profit one two billion dollars as opposed to one billion dollars. But if they still profited one billion dollars and one billion of it went to great uh, employees, then I think people would care. For example, I went to uh, Chick Fil A today, and Chick Fil A has always had a standard for its mm-hmm. employees of just they say certain certain phrases yeah. and words and terms. I, I ordered a French fry for the kids. They gave me a free six piece uh, breakfast nugget. Uh, you know those little tiny biscuits where it said free sample? And I was like, gosh, was just, it, constantly coming around, picking up trash, asking for refills. They were always held to a higher standard. McDonald's never held anybody to a higher standard as far as their workers, I don't think. And so no, it doesn't matter how much you pay them. People are going to go, well, I just work at McDonald's.
1: Right. You know what I mean? They like, don't have so, so, a good but, pride in their work right, anyway. And right. It's just so, a,
2: so, that, so I think the problem still kind of relies on McDonald's because I just don't think – I think if you work at McDonald's, you think, oh, this is some part-time job that I'm just going to do whatever. But – I can see it both ways. I could see companies making less and people making more and then spending their money on goods and services as well. And then you you know those companies come still make money because then you have money to spend and you use it on stuff like gas and food and uh, clothing and whatever st- stuff you need. So I get it. I agree with you but it doesn't make sense just to go, okay, now you pay this much. That's not going to teach anybody to make more money or do good with yeah. money or the make, incentives make the burgers are, are messed better. Or up is all I'm right. I want it's, people it's to grow a, a out of poverty, poverty
1: but you don't, I mean, you, you, that's the job you should have when you're 16 and then you're going to move on as you learn to right. code computers language. That's just right. what, I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say. I'm not trying to hurt anybody or be whatever but it's just i know the pressure's there and i'm telling you the jobs will go away that's going to happen unskilled labor isn't i mean that's just not a good it's just i'm just telling people to just don't count on making your living with unskilled labor don't count on that it's gonna go away i'm just giving you advice that's all i hope those yeah, pe- i hope we could give a universal basic income to everybody and they're fine i don't even care i'm just saying that system is flawed yeah, I agree.
2: It, well, yeah, wait till, I mean, you're right. Everything's going to go to computers for those jobs, of no course. matter what. If you and go to Wawa about, uh,
1: or Sheets. Right. I mean, isn't that better than talking to a person and then pushing the buttons and asking you three times? There's no yep. point in doing that. It's going to go away. Self,
2: self-driving motorcycle that delivers your pizza. You, all the, you know, I mean, everything is gone with those jobs because people never cared about them anyway. They just don't. That that that's one of the craziest things too about like uh, people pushing back on uh, illegal immigrants and stuff like that. A lot of those people will take those jobs and do really well and work hard and be happy, and we co- we're complaining about it like, oh, you're stealing our jobs or whatever. People, you know, I've heard uh, especially on the right saying, that, but those people are working hard mm-hmm. and are appreciative and trying to provide for their family and all this mm-hmm. stuff. It's just it's it's really crazy. But I paid anyway. a guy
1: named Ivan last weekend, and we did dirt. And gravel at my house, and I paid him twenty dollars an hour. He was willing wow. to work for it. He wouldn't work for fifteen, so minimum wage doesn't matter. And I, he may not be a, a a documented worker for all I know, but I paid him twenty dollars right. an hour because that's the rate for somebody that wants to work. I don't mind paying it, but at least he was working hard, willing to do it. Anyway, minimum wage goofy, my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this interview is not going to be goofy. (laughs) I'm on that segue. Kid death, minimum wage, and now, Joey, what are we going to shift wildly (laughs) into next?
0: Oh, goodness. Something that I am finding myself learning a lot about, and that is basically how to raise my daggum daughters, man, with just how I'm seeing the world so differently. But anyway... Uh, having to do with females, but specifically this woman, um, uh, she actually wrote a blog article on her experiences being a roommate with Carrie Joby. So those two go way back, uh, a popular Christian singer. But she yeah. is complete egalitarian in the home and in the church. So she believes, um, you know, husband, there's no such thing as husbands lead your wives. It's husbands lead your wives, wives lead your husband. Um, in the church, Sure. Senior pastors that are females, all of that stuff is fine. She got fired from a position uh, as a college professor because she was too controversial. But I think what's super interesting is she also embraces gender differences. So that's what makes her pretty unique. What do you mean by gender differences? Well, just basically that females all in all do have some unique things that are very good as well as unique things that make them weaker than males. And males have things that are very good that make them stronger and they have some weaknesses that make females better in certain areas. So in other words, that's, that's what I really like because honestly, if it is true that males and females, it's just like we're all in this hat and it's just we're all the same – there's no th- there's nothing special about being a male nothing special about being a female it's at least boring I mean, that sucks. <laughs> so she so she embraces the gender differences, and I really like it. I, I think sounds a like a cool balanced and
1: moderate position. Sounds pro- probably simil- and she does you know.
0: consider herself a feminist. And here's what I think is so interesting: is she definitely says things that are going to piss off feminists. Well, that's a I was that like, group goofy, because it. I was who like, knows what just... the
1: definition is of that? Yeah,
0: some yeah, people say I'm, I'm feminist.
1: Totally. Some people say I'm the farthest thing from it. I don't know.
0: Right, right. So anyway, Jory Micah, everybody, you'll enjoy it. Cool. Thank you, Joey. When I became a pastor, my mom was like, you're going to be doing weddings and funerals. You better go out there and get you a good suit, and I'm going to help you out. My mom doesn't really talk that way, but you get the point. Dear Mom sent me off to Belk to get me a good suit. No offense to Belk, and no offense to you, Mom. I really appreciate the help and the money, but the suit wasn't all that good. I didn't feel really good in it. Just kind of, I don't know. I didn't feel stylish to be honest with you. And the reason being is that it was a generic off the rack suit. It wasn't made for Joey Svensson. Indochino changes all of that. This company, it's unbelievable. I went through the process myself. You go online, you get a perfectly tailored suit by following step by step, easy instructions. And then you get a suit that's made for you. And I know you're thinking, well, yeah, I mean, it's got to be so much money. If they're going to make a suit just for you, nope, nope. It's less than most suits out there. In fact, I mean, is it less than all suits out there? The price is unbelievable, especially the offer that we're going to be giving you. So Indochino's, they've suited up hundreds of thousands of men and are now the largest made-to-measure menswear brand in the world. You pick your fabric, you personalize your suit, you have customizations. Oh, man, It's, it's such a good company they beat everyone to it because they came up with something that's awesome and pretty much revolutionary. So this week, our listeners get any premium Indochino suit for just $379. Oh, my gosh. At Indochino.com when entering Bad Christian at checkout. That's 50% off the regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit. And the shipping's free. That's Indochino.com promo code BADCHRISTIAN for any premium suit for just $379 in free shipping. Incredible deal for a suit that will fit you better than anything off the rack ever could. Uh, we want to welcome it's Jory Peterson. to and, and you're online as Jory Micah, too. I guess that's your middle name or maiden name? Or?
4: Yes. I my, I go by Jory Micah okay. most of the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's
0: Jory Micah. Awesome. Yes. Awesome! Uh, welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast. I appreciate you associating with us, morons. That is really <laughs> nice and sweet of you. So we've actually we you know just to give you a little bit of context here, we're three southern boys, grew up in the Bible Belt, and so you know a lot. It's funny a lot of people see us as such progressive guys and that's kind of a weird name for us to fit on ourselves because we you know we we acknowledge the fact that there's a lot of stuff that we're thinking through that is not super normal for regular church circles but we're also learning mm-hmm. a lot and I would say this topic of discussion is one that we are really rethinking and need yeah. voices like you to to help us so let me make an awesome. assumption here and correct this assumption if I'm wrong. It seems like just a little bit of research that I've done on you. It seems like someone like Rachel Held Evans for instance, she's easy for the church to write off because she has and I and I don't I don't think that's a good thing. I think she's awesome. I learn a lot from her, but she's someone yeah. that's kind of easier to write off because man, she's just crazy and all of her approaches <laughs> to the bible and just oh my gosh questions this and questions that it seems as if you're a little harder for the church to write off as just some crazy person that doesn't believe in inerrancy and doesn't believe in this and that like they kind of have to deal with you right
4: yeah a little bit
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh do you so um for our listeners i mean how 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 do you approach the bible because obviously you know, we're going to be talking about some some verses that people think they're zingers uh, with, sure. with how you believe and everything. But how, how do you approach the Bible?
4: Um, I approach the Bible that it's definitely um, inspired by yeah. God um, with inerrancy. I don't know. I kind of struggle with that a little yeah, bit gotcha. because we obviously have um, translations that right. contradict each other a little bit. Um, and, and another thing is, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, for example, are four different people. Right. So they all saw they all saw what happened. But if you give four people, if you have four different people that saw the same scenario, yeah, they're all going to see it a little bit differently. Um, so when we say inerrancy, that's like saying that there are zero. Um, there's no humanity to the Bible. Right. And some people seem to believe that and, and buy that. Yeah. Um, but I I think that that is that's just unrealistic. Yeah. You know, I just think if you look at the Bible, you can see that there is, um, these are human beings writing the Bible. So gotcha. while, again, while I believe that it is inspired by God, certainly, um, I don't say that it's like 100% like God sat down and like, guided right. like, each and every, you know, right. pen that that went down. Right. So. <laughs> it
0: sounds like you're still kind of thinking it through. Can you believe a mere human being you haven't totally figured out God yet? Oh my gosh.
4: Yes, I know. <laughs> you
0: it's mean you're still confusing. seeking. <laughs> so so you're definitely an unashamed egalitarian though, right?
4: Absolutely. All right. Yes. So
0: and that would be that would be home and at church, correct? Absolutely. All yes. right. So, what what do you do with the um, and, and more context? I think I pretty much agree with. With everything that you say, it's just that I don't understand it as much as you do because I haven't done my homework. <laughs> so, sure, so this is okay. uh, yeah, this is actually a super important conversation for me personally because it's like yeah, I agree with her, but I don't I don't know what to do with all this other stuff. So I'm kind right. of with you with inerrancy, and and maybe I would even back off of it a little bit more than you. And and I'm and I'm still trying to figure that out as well. I mean, I I believe that. That God had His hand in the Bible. I'm just trying to figure out how to read the "daggum" thing, which is frustrating because I've been reading it yeah. my whole life.
4: <laughs> yes, I totally get that. <laughs> right,
0: right. So, um, what you know, for example, um, the the verse that basically says "submit to one another." Obviously, that applies to husbands to wives, wives to husbands. But then it fo- you know, if you keep reading, it follows mm-hmm. it up with. And wives, submit to your husbands. Husbands, love your wives. It doesn't say both of you submit to one another. So there's. it seems like Paul is trying to make some sort of distinction in the household. Yeah. I mean,
4: agree.
0: I, what yeah. is that
4: no, about? No, I totally agree with you. I, I think there is a distinction. Um, and um, I just think we've gotten it, the distinction wrong. The way that he ends that is he talks about how it's a mystery. Yeah. Um, so gender roles are not a mystery at all, you know, um, like there's nothing mysterious about, um, the 1950s way of doing marriage, you yeah. know, husband goes to work and provides and protects and wife stays home, you know, has babies and all right, that. Right. There's nothing mysterious about that. And unfortunately we have taken that passage and we have made it into these, these very clear construct. Gender roles that are not mysterious at all. Yeah. So, but that doesn't mean we can just throw it away. You know, it doesn't mean we can just say that Paul is not obviously making some sort of distinction there because I think it's pretty clear that he is. Um, We also have to take in consideration that the Bible was written in extremely patriarchal times. Yeah. Um, And so I like what. her name is Carolyn Custis James. She says that the uh, patriarchy is the backdrop to the Bible's message, not the Bible's ah, message in itself. Wow! So we see this backdrop drop of patriarchy, but there's still that you know there there's still something there. You know, I, I I don't deny that. I don't deny that that there isn't there doesn't seem to be like Paul isn't making some sort of distinction between husbands and wives, because I think he is, um, but I think what it is, and I can kind of tell you in this way, because yeah. I guess this became really clear to me last year when my husband um, started having type 1 diabetes, Yeah. and it sort of came out of nowhere, and I would say probably for most of our marriage, even though I'm probably more of a conventional leader um, outside of our marriage. I would say when it comes to inside of our marriage, I would say that he probably takes on a lot more of the more typical manly leadership of what we think of, you know, of that role. So well, um, stop,
2: stop right there, though. I tell you what, I'm a big, hairy man, and I have never thought about sheets that much until I got married. And then my wife, you know, we've spent a little bit of money, uh, maybe a lot on better sheets, and I thought they were okay. Uh, and then comes along Brooke Lennon and it changes the game. Brooke Lennon was founded in April 2014 by husband and wife team Vicky and Rich Fullop on the philosophy that people deserve simple, beautiful home essentials without the luxury price. And here's the thing: it is luxury. I'm not joking. The sheets are amazing. I mean, the the comforter duvet that they send you is unbelievable. I took a nap today, didn't even touch the sheets, just laid on the comfor- comforter, and I was like, my God, this thing feels amazing. I, I, it really does. Like, I mean, it is crazy how good this thing feels, and I'm just sleeping better. I love it. I mean, that, that's what we've been saying. We, we work with Casper Great Mattresses. Brooklyn is the same. They just deliver great quality at an amazing price. It's unbelievable. Brooklinen cuts out unnecessary markups and manufacturing waste in order to offer exquisite designs and exceptional savings across their collection. That's what I thought was so cool too. You can pick out your designs and really des- you you get to choose the design you want for your bedroom, for your bed. And it looks really just amazing I love my Brooklinen sheets I love my Brooklinen comforter so why don't you try these sheets in the comforter too and I know you'll love them too even this, this is what's really cool it comes in a really cool very nice package and it, it comes with a bag and my wife's been using it now my wife walks around with a Brooklinen kind of as like her go-to bag purse kind of thing everything that they send you from Brooklyn is just amazing Every single thing. Uh, Brooklinen.com has an exclusive offer just for our listeners. Get $20 off and free shipping when you use promo code BADCHRISTIAN at Brooklinen.com. The only way to get the $20 off and free shipping is to use promo code BADCHRISTIAN at Brooklinen.com. And I'm going to spell it for you. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and use promo code Bad Christian. Brooklyn is so confident that you'll love their sheets. They offer a risk free sixty night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all their sheets and com- comforters. No reason not to do it. Brooklendon.com promo code bad Christian. What do, what do you mean by that?
0: Manly leadership and what we think um, of. In I that guess role. what
4: we think of and, and what we think of, of love of that role is like is usually like the the, the husband like provide is the provider, you know, goes to work. Um right. and like he's always probably been pretty much our main breadwinner, even right. though I've just, I've always worked kind of on and off.
0: And that's not uh, out of convictions for you guys; it's just how it is.
4: Right. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. I think a lot of it is just um, the way that you know social socially, yeah. You know, social constructs have have trained you know men and women to be. Especially, we both grew up very conservative Christian and right. very conservative Christian evangelical world yeah so i mean he was very you know white privileged so i mean he was trained to be that way and i was trained to be uh you know just princess yeah (laughs) yeah
3: so it's
4: like it's been very very hard for me to um kind of deconstruct that you know because i i grew up with my dad you know just took care of us you know even we were just his his little princesses and My mom worked, too, so it wasn't that there was completely, like, this, you know, one-sided thing going on, but—so I kind of saw both worlds, but we were just very, very, very—my sister and I were just very, very taken care of when we were growing up, and um, so anyway, I I went into marriage um, sort of allowing my husband to take on that role of, um, I'm going to take care of you now, you know, kind of thing. So— that kind of became just not, not out of conviction, but just out of how we were sort of brought up, I guess, um, that kind of became just the norm for us. And then this past year he got type one diabetes and it freaked me out. Cause it was the first time that it, I was ever like, he had to be like dependent on me yeah. for the first time. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like this scares me a mm-hmm. little bit, you know? And so, but it was a very interesting time because it was when God really started teaching me a lot about my theology and a lot about, um, you know, bringing this theology to what what some of this means. You know, we can say that we have this theology, but until it starts to come to an actual experience, it's hard to understand. So, um, he started, it started with him, like going to the going pee like every 30 minutes right. that says this is how diabetes starts and i'd say for like a couple months he was going pee like every 30 minutes and then he was coming home and he was bringing home like ice cream sandwiches and yeah. like yeah. snicker bars yeah. and he said like when i wasn't looking he was putting like extra sugar like on his cereal It's right. already like sugary cereal
0: yeah
4: and so it was just like Like sugar on the
0: frosted flakes. Exactly.
4: Exactly. That's exactly what it is. That sounds great.
0: It sounds great. It
4: does. I mean, it does sound delicious, but (laughs) it was just completely out of character for him, though. And I kept saying, it was about two months of me saying, Luke, I really think that you need to go to the doctor. I really think you need to go to the doctor. I really think you need to go to the doctor. You know, just like over and over just saying that just saying i really think you need to go to the doctor and him kind of just oh no no i'm fine i'm fine you know typical man and i was like but i really think you need to go to the doctor and so when it came to about two months into it his body started breaking down literally and he finally went to the doctor and the doctor was like oh my gosh like your blood sugar is through the roof. Like you have got to like get help.
3: Yeah.
4: Or you know, you're gonna die, basically.
3: Yeah.
4: And so he came home and from the next like month is when like the Lord really started speaking to me a lot about marriage. And he actually went blind.
3: Whoa. For
4: three weeks. He went blind. Um when you're diabetic and you're body gets used to your blood sugar being that high um, and then you start taking the insulin and it all of a sudden drops it creates something with your eyes like the, with your water Water goes over your eyes or something of that nature and it makes you almost blind wow. and so he could see like silhouettes and things like that but he couldn't really see um, you know he couldn't see the TV even yeah. like the poor thing like he had to like sit there and like listen to the TV and of, like, watching it for, like, three weeks. And so during that time, like, I kind of had to do everything that he normally did, you know, whether it was um, driving us around or, you know, logging him in. He couldn't work, you know. And there just was a lot of times where I was, like, I really had to, like, kind of take on those sort of um, what we think of of those more, like, masculine roles in the evangelical church. Yeah. And um, sort of take care of him, and I started thinking a lot about about not only just like how his body was working, but also how that how that scripture it says um, it says wives you know submit to your husbands because he's the head, and um, husbands love your wives like you love your own body,
3: mm-hmm.
4: and so. If you love your own body, you will submit to your body because Mm. if your body is giving you signals and just like my husband's body, he was giving him signals, not only was his body giving him signals that he was, you know, falling apart and that if he didn't listen to his body, he would eventually, it would eventually make his head go nuts because it did. He started emotionally, mentally breaking down, um, because he wasn't loving his body. And not only was it, wasn't he not loving his body by not listening to it, he wasn't listening to his wife right. either. exactly. Um, and so it was like the perfect example of like God was showing me like, yes, like I think what the reason that Paul compares um, husbands to the head is because our our heads can overpower our bodies for so long. Just like men can overpower women usually yeah. physically and that's what men have done you know for since the beginning of time you know men have been able to keep women in check because they're usually physically stronger than women.
3: Right.
4: And so just like uh just like our brains can ignore the body for so long men can ignore and overpower women for so long. But what will eventually happen is, is that not only will women, the body break down, but also the head will break down too. Because, and what, so what I'm trying to say is that I think that Paul is speaking of a literal head. I think Paul is saying, husbands, you're like the head, you know, and that could be because, you know, that oftentimes they think men are more logical and, and women are more like the heart of the family, but right. even if that's the way they're thinking, you still can't survive without the heart or the head. You know, they're equally essential yeah, to life. Right. You know, right. so there's this um, there's this mutual submission that has to happen between the um, between the head and the body, and if it doesn't happen, then the whole entire unit. Will break down, yeah, and so that's kind of that's. I think it's kind of more changing the emphasis, yeah. Like I think the emphasis has somewhat been on um, submission of women, and that's kind of um, that's kind of like empowering the already more powerful. And disempowering the already more vulnerable. Right. So what we're seeing now is we're seeing a lot of abuse cases in the marriage. Um, I have judges that contact me. I have, you know, lay women, ministers, social workers, all kinds of people that contact me that are seeing abuse in evangelical marriages.
0: Yeah. Get Um, out of here. Are you serious? <laughs>
4: yeah. So what we're doing is we are we are empowering the person that's already powerful, which is exactly the opposite of what Ephesians 5 is supposed to be. Yes. Yeah. Ephesians 5 is supposed to be saying, hey guys, like hey men, like you are the ones that are physically stronger, you have more privilege in society, you have more power in society, so love your wives the way that Christ loved the church. And if you do that then you you have to i mean Christ submitted to the church by dying on the cross right. i mean there's no other way
3: right
4: there's no other way i mean love and submission go hand in hand they just do you yeah. know if you love someone you you're willing to lay down your life for them and i think if 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 we look at it that way it wouldn't be this like oh well the husband's the leader and he has authority over his wife and mm-hmm. it's you know it's i was not- just gonna
0: say that like how, how you just described everything it's it's minus authority like authority is not relevant to this the scenario that you painted that kind of makes sense you know because i right yeah that's that's interesting yeah that's a lot to wrap you know i think i i'm I'm hearing the the mainstream Christian conservative culture voices in my head, and I think a lot of them would say, well, wait a second. I mean, you can't say that Scripture is wrong based on the men that take it out of context. That's not God's fault. I mean, if they were all loving and, and uh, you know, better husbands, then we probably wouldn't yeah. have as much problem with this. But, I mean, are, would you be comfortable with saying that potentially these verses are even— more relevant to the culture that Paul was teaching in, or potentially these verses were translated with a poor choice of words, or that's, you wouldn't really think Um, that?
4: Well, I think there's more to it than just um, the wife and husband scenario, because in Ephesians 6, which is just one chapter over, Paul tells slaves to submit to their yeah. master. Yes. Yeah. and so we obviously we see Roman household codes in in the Bible, and that is you know husband, wife, children, slaves. Right. You know, so it's like women were basically slaves to yeah. their husband yeah. in that time. They had absolutely no rights at all, and um, so. We see Paul later in other places talk about how there's no male nor female, you know, no slave nor free in Jesus Christ. So it seems almost like Paul is trying, we forget this all the time, but Paul doesn't know that he's writing the Bible, you know, like he's just, he's literally just writing letters to his congregation and he's dealing with certain scenarios as they come up. And he's trying to wrap his brain around some of this stuff right. too,
3: Right.
4: you know. So he's trying to figure out, you know, how do I bring the gospel most effectively to each and every culture that I'm dealing with um, without upsetting the social order too much, yeah? You know, because so, he wanted everybody to get saved, yeah. and but obviously he he was begin he was at least in the beginning and in the works of believing that that slavery was wrong. And that patriarchy was wrong. You know, he was—he might not have been there yet, you know, but he was definitely laying down groundwork for that. And I—I I think that is the crux of his theology. If you really read him, like it's—if you really read him outside of the social, um, all the social things that he talks about, yeah—and just read plain theology, it really is like this equality. Freedom um, in Christ, and right. that we're all the same right. under under Christ.
0: Right.
4: So that's kind of the way I look at it. For sure.
0: For sure. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Am I right to say that you were fired from a church?
4: Not a church. Um, I was fired from a um, a Bible college where I was teaching.
0: Oh. Um, Wow, yeah. That even sounds well, a little I, more interesting. You gotta tell us yeah, about it.
4: Yeah. Um I was working for and this was actually after I started my blog, and after I started writing about Christian feminism and egalitarianism and all So this, they knew like, what
0: they were dealing with. I mean they knew who you were as a person.
4: They knew what I was about.
0: Were you, you know, keeping that blog they, secret, misses? Were you keeping that thing a secret?
4: <laughs> no. No. They actually why and they looked at the blog and yeah. everything. Um, before I was hired, they looked at the blog and everything. But I think what happened was is I don't think they, I don't think they knew how, um, you know, I don't know. I don't think they knew how people were reacting to this conversation. Gotcha. To be honest, I think that it was very shocking to them um, how controversial. I was
3: oh, for gotcha. saying
4: these things. Gotcha. And, you know, a college is all about a business at the end of the day. They're all about, you know, making money, really, because they can't survive if they don't. And I, I had a really strange experience where I actually was teaching systematic theology. Um, and I got two books in the mail that were from them. They picked the books out and one book. Uh, called Holy Spirit He and the other book called Holy Spirit She and so I thought hmm this is interesting like I, I started looking into it and I was like well sure enough um, the Old Testament uh, noun for Holy Spirit is actually feminine and the New Testament it's neutered mm-hmm. and so I actually went before I was like you know what I'm going to call the Holy Spirit She since I have a book that says it, they sent it to me. I actually right. like one you know, I actually went and, and ran it by both the dean and the assistant dean, got permission from them to do that. And the first day of class a couple of the students went and complained that I used she, the pronoun she for the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And from that point on it was like all eyes were on me and nothing I could do. Was right were from students that point up, on.
0: Were some students upset?
4: A couple students were were upset. Yeah, and they they were also upset about who I was. You know, it wasn't just the Holy Spirit thing. It was right. It was after they looked. It was after I said things like that. It would spark their interest, and then they would go and and read. You know, my my work or whatever. And then a couple of the really really conservative students complained. Um. So I I think really what it boiled down to is they just um they didn't want the controversy. Yeah. Um even if they agreed with what I was saying, they they just didn't want the controversy.
0: Which honestly, and, I think, you know, no and and we don't obviously don't have to mention the school, but I'm sure people can do their research, but that that to me reflects even more poorly on the school that there's a chance that they weren't really against what you're saying. Like, hey, Jordan, you know that's a good that's a good teacher. There, we've got an awesome professor, doctor, or whatever you are. And uh, but, oh, uh, this is going to cost us some money, you know, or this is going to yeah. we've we've got to save face and just get rid of her.
4: Yeah, it was a very unfortunate situation. They, um, it was very sketchy. Like they they actually didn't even let me know that I what? was fired until. Um, I contacted the dean I I worked there for one semester and they put my my picture and my bio and everything on the website and it was made very clear that I would be offered you know at least one to two classes every every semester so I taught only for one semester um, and then it went into the summer and so I started before my semester was over I started Writing the dean and asking him if I was going to be teaching the following s- semester, what I was going to be teaching, just wanted to get prepared. And he literally ignored me for four months Gosh. and didn't tell me that I was fired for four months. And I sent him like six messages, whether it be on Facebook um, or through email, or uh, one time I even wrote on his Facebook wall, it was like, hey, uh, trying to get a hold of you. Right. And it actually came to um, one of my professors from Bible school that actually recommended me for the position. I actually had to get in touch with him and tell him what was going on. And it finally, he got in touch with the dean and said, hey, like, you know, Joy needs to know if she still has a job. Right. Or if she's teaching or whatever. And he finally got back to me and pretty much said that they didn't have a class that fit who I was. Wow. So. Gracious yeah goodness. it was it was really really weird it was yeah. a really weird situation because they were claiming to be um fully egalitarian they were yeah. claiming to really be, yeah I oh, mean they wow. were claiming to at least i don't, I don't know how they felt about marriage but they were claiming to be we believe that women can do anything yeah. in ministry um that men can do
0: gotcha was that so. a, was that a tough blow to you and your husband's finances? Like, or I mean, was that, um,
4: it was more a tough blow to my, my ego than, gotcha. <laughs> than our finances. Gotcha. It wasn't, um, it wasn't like a real high paying job, but it right. was the first, it was the first like really professional type job I had yeah. ever really gotten. You know, yeah. like before that I really struggled to get, um, pastor jobs and things like that. And, uh, I ended up being a children's pastor for a while, which was like right. the last thing I ever wanted to do. But right. I nobody else would hire me for anything else.
0: But you're you're <laughs> a woman. The Bible doesn't say anything against teaching kids, so you know exactly. <laughs> which, exactly. Which, which I want to ask you. So, fully egalitarian would mean that you are uh, pro uh, woman lead pastors, senior pastors, correct? I mean, uh,
4: yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I believe women are called to do any leadership position in the church that men are called to. For sure.
0: So I could possibly be speaking out of turn, but I'm almost sure that I've heard Christine Kane say something along the lines, and for our listeners that don't know who she is, she's a pretty prominent speaker out of Hillsong, and she really is a dynamic speaker. I've heard her at conferences and everything, and she's actually said something along the lines of, hey, in regards to the whole women being under authority, she ascribes to it, and her husband is here. So she is teaching teaching men and women, and that's okay because she's under her husband's authority. You would say, bullshit, (laughs) you don't need that. If your husband wants to stay home with the kids, go do your thing, girl, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, and I actually didn't know that Christine Kane taught that.
0: Yeah. now now again this the, if she said this, which I'm pretty sure she did but I, I don't want to go on the record saying she definitely did I mean it was years ago so maybe maybe that's a little bit different nowadays I'm not sure
4: yeah I, I it may have it may have may have changed I'm not sure but um, yeah I definitely believe that um, that our authority comes from the Holy Spirit and and that Christ is our covering and yeah. whether you're male or female
0: what are we what are we missing out on in regards to the i guess church structure of you know sunday morning gatherings the the bigger mega churches all the way down to the smaller churches in our prejudice towards men leadership
4: um towards women in
0: leadership no i'm sorry prejudice towards men uh well i guess yeah it would make more sense to say prejudice against women leadership yeah
4: yeah um, I really think what we're missing is the feminine um, side of God mm-hmm. you know I think that 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 the voice of the voice of the feminine divine has been continuously silenced and squashed and you know put aside and we're really missing this we're missing this half of who God is at least half of who God is and we Women the Bible makes it very, very clear that that both male and female are made in the image of God. And it never says that female is made in the image of male. Right. She came out of male, but she it says very clearly that that she woman is made in the image of God, male and female. And so obviously God is not all male attributes right god is obviously represent i mean obviously we rep we are like god god is not like us but if we are made in in the image of god as women then everything about the feminine is there's something divine there that right. we are definitely missing out and it's really sad, it's like it's it's almost like the mother of the church, you know it's the mother of the church being silenced Gosh, while wow. um the father of the church is raised up and given all these platforms and and voice right. to his perspective
0: and sometimes the fathers are assholes, man, and we need <laughs> yeah. it. you you know this is so intriguing to me and and I don't know if if you haven't said this um specifically. But what I'm hearing from you clearly, and you're probably just like, yeah, why should I have to say it specifically, dummy? Like, But it seems like uh, I've always thought egalitarianism was basically disregarding the gender differences and saying, no, what a male can do, a female can do. What a female can do, a male can do. There is no difference. Whereas with the complementarianism, uh, it's no, women are better suited for this, men are better suited for that. But you're basically saying, "Let's, let's embrace and rejoice in the gender differences, but that shouldn't have any say in different roles in the church or at home or anything like that.
4: Right. Yeah. Like, I, I truly believe that that part of why equality has not been as successful in, in the church as we would have liked it to be is that a lot of times there's been this, well, if you, we've told women, well, if you want to be equal to men, then you got to act like a man, you know, and I don't believe that that is realistic, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't believe that that's convincing, you know. Like there is no doubt that I am not a man, you know. Right. Like and there's a lot of women that that truly like being women, you know. Like we don't want to, in general, we don't want to lead like men. We want to lead like women, and I think that there's a lot of beauty to that that we're missing out on. I, I think that there's even a lot of. Um, young men and boys and and grown men that would relate to um, the feminine leadership style more than they might relate to the male leadership style. Right. Um, And then vice versa. There's going to be some women that, that enjoy the male leadership style more than the female leadership style. It it is a different, we lead differently as male and female, but one is not better than the other. It's really, really boils down to preference, um, and we've kind of, as a culture and a society, we've pushed men up and we've said, "You lead, you lead, you lead," but I don't think that's the way that God created us. I think God created us to. Um, Complementarians kind of stole our word, actually.
3: Yeah. You know,
4: we egalitarians believe that we complement each other as men and women. We believe that so strongly. That we believe that that is why we're supposed to be leading together, like we're the perfect team
3: yeah.
4: when we actually lead together. Because where men are strong, women are sometimes weak, and yeah. where women are strong, men are sometimes weak. So educate me: convert- is, is
0: is that your twist on it, or is that what all egalitarians <coughs> believe?
4: Um. I would say uh, most egalitarians will at least admit that, that they're not arguing for sameness. Gotcha. Um, not all egalitarians will get as bold with it as I do with the differences. Because you do leave some people out when you say that. Because not everybody relates to the normal, you know, the, the woman is is the nurturing side yeah. of God. And, you know, the man is... the protective side of god not everybody relates to that so some people don't say all that but i do think it helps us to understand because i do think the majority of women tend to be nurturers you know not all but the majority right um and the majority of men tend to be providers you know they they tend to thrive off that right so I think it's okay to admit that. So it, seems
0: like, it seems like a, a feminist would be disgruntled by what you just said. So uh, would you consider yourself a feminist?
4: <clears throat> yeah, um, I would. I would consider myself a feminist in the fact that I believe that uh, m- women are deserving of the same opportunities that men, that men have in life. Um, so I believe we're, we're equal in that way. We're, we deserve the equal opportunities, but I do think that there are going to be some things that are not going to be um, as easy for a woman that is for a man. And I don't think. And same thing with a man, mm-hmm. you know. Like, so Isn't yeah, feminists, really hardcore feminists do get frustrated with me sometimes. Yeah. Um, because I I don't erase the difference. Yeah. Uh, because I don't think it's. I don't think it's helping the cause, right. you know, like I, especially in the church, like there's no way that we're going to convince people in the church that men and women are the same, right? you know, cause we're not, but I do think we have a lot more the same than we, than we let on, yeah. you know, I think that we have a lot more in common than we think.
0: Is there any low hanging fruit as far as things that come to mind that men are? are more equipped for and I would like to know the other half of the equation things that women are better equipped for I think you you mentioned nurturing but what would be some more things that come to mind that would be weaknesses of men and weaknesses of women that are the others strengths
4: yeah um I think that, you know, say, for example, like combat in the war, in the army, you know, if you're going, I th- I 100% believe that women... Ooh, the are-
0: feminists are really getting mad now. All right, go ahead, Jory. Yeah. <laughs> um,
4: I think that women are, um, if a woman can meet the requirements for combat, mm-hmm. I think she should absolutely be allowed to enter, you know, combat. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that we should lower the requirements um, so that women can be in combat. I think that there are. I I think that heck, I think there are some women out there that can beat up most men. Right? You know, like truly. So I think if those women they want to go try out for those things, I am all for that. But I would say in general. Men are probably going to be more equipped for a combat position in the war. Yeah. And we see that. I mean, that's just reality. You know, like, it's not, I don't think it's being, um, you know, like, I don't know, being ex- exclusive or something. Like, I really think that it's just reality. Right. Um but you know what? I, I think that a lot of that is, is socialization too. You know, I think a lot of that is if we if we begin equipping our, our little girls to fight yeah. at a really young age, like some cultures may do, I think that, that maybe they would be more equipped to do right. that. But right now they're not equipped to do that. We're not we don't equip girls to do that in our
0: culture. So along those lines, what would you encourage me as a father of two little girls uh, early on? So my girls are now 11 and 9, and I do have two boys as well. But early on, when my first daughter was born, I mean, I was dead set on, she's a princess. I'm going to take care of her. I'm going to be uh, sweet to her. I'm, you know, she's going to dress up and all this stuff because <laughs> I was basically taught that's how, uh, right. not only good Southern girls are, but just girls. That's how girls are supposed to be. Right. And, right. and thank the Lord I haven't just realized this in the last year. I mean, maybe in the last six years, maybe I'm being too generous for myself. I'm recognizing that I could do some harm there, but But how, how, as a father, how do I celebrate the uniqueness of a female and at the same time don't end up steering one of my girls away from the army or away from being a football commentator or something like that because she's just like, well... That's kind of what I always wanted to do, but dad, and I don't want that, but dad thing.
4: <laughs> right, right. Um, I think that, honestly, it has a lot to do with just paying attention to who your individual little girls are. Yeah. Um, so, some little girls are just princesses, right. and that's just who they are, you know, and there's not going to be that. It's going to be, you know, dad, they're going to want dad to come have a tea party with them and, Tell them how beautiful they are and all that, you know, but other little girls are, are, are athletic and they want to go and, you know, play sports and do things of that nature. So I would say as a dad, just pay attention to each little girl. Don't put her in a box of what you think a little girl should be. Um, and just pay attention to who is this specific little girl and, um, I think that there is a uh uniqueness of, of personhood there. But I do think that there that all little girls want their dad's attention and all little girls wanna be told they're pretty and beautiful, well most I would say, mm-hmm. by their dad. Um I would say most women want to be told that they're beautiful by their husbands. You right. know, I would say that that most that's a there is something about women that there is a beauty that women like to create, like to you know be like to beauty is is an important thing in, in little girls and women. But there's also um, there's also going to be little girls that are really great at something that was never really developed because oh no like little girls are not supposed to do that you right. know right. so I think it was it would just be paying attention to you know what your little girls are into yeah. and encouraging what, whatever you see that they're good at their strengths and also I, I would add to not not baby them yeah um, <laughs> too much
0: Oh, my um, wife is going to love hearing you say that.
4: <laughs> yeah, I was I was very, very babied. Um, and so I can tell you that when, when you get older and you get to be an adult, it's really hard to um, kind of... You learn to depend too much on a guy taking care of you, I think, when your dad always, always, always did everything for you. Mm-hmm. And so... That puts you in a little bit of a vulnerable position when you're a woman, you know, because you're used to someone taking care of you. And it's so much better to be able to learn to take care of yourself so that you can, um, you know, you can take, you're not always going to have a guy to take care of you. Right. And you might. You might get to a point where you decide that you're in a dangerous situation or a bad situation or, you know, a lot of women don't leave bad situations because they never learn to take care of themselves. Gotcha. Um, So I'd say... Yeah, maybe don't baby them too much.
0: There you go, there you go. This has been <laughs> super, super helpful. I've got two more things to run by you. Um, one is, we've we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, you know, the church that I work at that I, I truly do love, uh, you know, especially being in the South, this is a policy that we have, and these sorts of conversations really make me think about it. So the policy is that basically me as a pastor, I do not ride in the car by myself with another woman. So here's here's a scenario that that presents. I've got two people on staff. Uh, one's a male, one's a female. Both of them in, in their own way, would make pretty good pastors. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like, they're they're going, I mean, they're, they're probably already more suitable than I am, but they're heading in the direction of, this may be something I want to do with my life. Well, one of them, and it's going to be obvious which one I can take, with I can take them with me on a long road trip, I can take them to the hospital with me to visit someone. I can, you know, just go to a restaurant and hang out over some barbecue and talk about deeper things. The mm-hmm. other one, the missus, no way. You know, it's just completely against the rules. And I understand that it's more of a protective measure, but doesn't these sort of things hold women back? in the ministry given that there's so many male leadership of the of the mm-hmm. church i mean most most yeah. churches are led by males so right. it's it's like you're you're already going against the odds as a woman if those sorts of rules are in place
4: right yeah it's a big problem for women so you disagree um, with that rule yes i do because
0: you're like yes I mean, dummy of course
4: <laughs> <laughs> um Because, I mean, if you think of it, if you were a police officer, you might have a female um, partner who you're going to ride in the car with all day long, Mm -hmm. Um, and you're going to get to know, you're going to become friends with, and that's going to be up to you guys, you know, not, you know, to put whatever restrictions you need to put on there so that it doesn't become any tempting situation, but... Yeah, I think that rule is born out of looking at women as as sexual temptresses,
3: yeah. and
4: yeah. I think that that is it, it is it, as long as that rule continues, women will will struggle to move forward in the church. Um, so yeah, we we really just need we need men who are going to start to deconstruct that way of thinking mm. that you no know, like women are not inherently sexual beings their bodies I mean they're sexual just like men are but their their bodies in and in themselves are not sexual they're not inherently sexual and um, they're not temptresses you right. know women are not out to pull you down you know and be, and wreck your home but so I, was, I do I, think there's got to be some trust there mm-hmm.
0: I was thinking about that the other day though don't you and, and I agree and again like I said I'm, I'm being stretched with all this don't you think part of that though is directly connected to the fact that most guys are turned on sexually with their eyes where most women are not so uh you know a guy can can be flashed a girl in her bikini and he his body reacts physically to that whereas if you flash a nice looking guy with women a lot of them will be turned on but a lot of them are like that does nothing for me i want to connect with him emotionally and then that's a turn on so I mean, right. do, you, do you think that those two things are connected at all
4: yeah i do think they're connected um but I think it's it's really unfair, yeah. you know, like because it's like, well, um, that is the problem of men. So why should women be punished for it? Yeah. You I know, like I mean, it's like that's very <laughs>
0: profound. You said yes, but it's unfair. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's about as simple and yeah. profound as you can get.
4: Yeah, I mean that's kind of the reality of it. I think I honestly just think we we really need godly men to just start looking at women as their sisters. Right. You know, like this is my sister, not my. You know, I don't want to have sex with her. Right. She's my sister <laughs> in right. Christ. Um, and we need same with women too. We need to start looking at our at men as our brothers, yep. and it not be weird. You know, I right. mean. <laughs> you look really good today, brother, you know, and that's not like, Oh man, she wants to have sex with me. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Exactly. All right. So last thing, I appreciate your time here. You, you tweeted something. And if people don't get the meaning of this, then just use your head a little bit folks and look a little deeper. But, um, we, we covered this as well as far as, um, Eugene, uh, Peterson, I think it is, who basically came out as gay affirming and then changed his mind. And and you tweeted, uh, prominent Pastor Peterson changed his theological position, in quotes, while unaccountable mommy blogger hat maker allowed her feelings to lead her. So you're making a great point there. Uh, Do these sorts of things, when they happen, do they make you angry?
4: Absolutely, you yeah, it's off. totally unfair. Yeah. I mean, when when Jen Hatmer, Hatmaker came out and said that she was um, affirming of gay marriage, they literally did. I don't. I'm sure you saw it, but the Christianity Today women literally put out an article saying that the biggest crisis in the church is unaccountable <laughs> female bloggers.
0: Oh, that's true. I remember that.
4: <laughs> yeah. And we've, and I don't want to say that, that that men haven't been, you know, there's like Rob Bell, for example, yeah. you know, he's, he's gotten beat yeah. up, Yeah. you know, so men have gotten it too, but I definitely saw a huge difference between the way that eugene Peterson was treated and the fact of just people being like well let's just you know let's let's see let's see what he has to say let's give him some time hold your horses people
0: don't be so judgmental
4: (laughs) (laughs) and then other people were just like you know, unaccountable Jen maker. You know, throw her books, burn them. Witch. Right,
0: right. Gosh, that's crazy. So, that. that yeah. Well, you're you're a very smiley, pretty, pissed woman. So congratulations hey. for pulling all that <laughs> off. All right, so your 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 ministry is called My Husband's Corinthians Rib. Correct? Is that the website? Absolutely, that people-
4: <laughs> absolutely. All Husbands right. are leaders all the way. down.
0: There you home. Go. Tell tell people where they can go to track you down.
4: Okay, I am at Jory, Micah, j o r y m i c a h dot com, and you can find all my um, social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter right on my website.
0: Awesome, and you, uh, um, is is the book that you put out? Is it Breaking the Glass Steeple? Did I say that right?
4: Breaking the Glass Steeple is the book that I will be putting out. That you will it's be putting out. out. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha.
0: Is there pre-orders or? Anything like that? Not yet. Okay. Not yet.
4: I'm in the process of editing right now. The book is finished, but I still have to edit and get a proposal together, and then my literary agent will will help me pin down the right publisher.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, congrats. That's a big deal. Well, thank you so much. It really has been awesome.
4: Yeah. Thank you so much. Have a good night. You too. Bye bye. Bye.
0: Okay. A little bit long.
1: Good. Good job, Joey. Thank you for doing that. It was a good one. All right, what else y'all want to do? Anything else today?
0: Well, I, before we, got we move, move on, for some on some damn to damn truth, yeah, I. I I'm actually been starving for some damn truth wow so, and I mean well, and you work for a church and I go to my Bible, <laughs> I go to my Bible, but hey uh so we'll we'll give these folks credit for that interview as well as the first damn news in a good little while, so I think we're all looking forward to hearing that, and that's Andrew Taylor, Benjamin Hasty, Matthew Robbins, robison nick quinn james ricketts john mcdonald and michelle harlow these guys went to thebcclub.com and uh, we appreciate your support and hopefully you enjoy the extra podcast episode a week as well as getting our digital books for free music releases for free depending on at what level you're giving Don't me. forget really do about the Facebook
1: it. group community, which is by yes, pretty much everybody's highlight. In my study of the BC Club, which is crazy that there's that many names every week, not every week, twice a week, we read out a list of names like that of people who yeah. have joined the club. Constantly blowing my mind. I always, when I try to look at it and analyze it, I'm always seeing that it's... Uh, I'm thinking about the perks and the things they get, and they get this download or this pin sent to them in the mail and those kinds of things. But all the research that I do shows me that the reason people care about it and like it is simply because they get find value in this podcast, <laughs> they want to support it, and they like the community that they're in. And that in itself is yeah. the reason that most people join. There's other things to it, but join our group, join our community. You'll feel better about this podcast. We'll certainly feel better, and you will have something to add to our very large facebook group of about a thousand people that is just a lot of fun so thebcclub.com for that all right toby here we go
2: in a world where we live in america and we have freedom and we have just opportunity and above all else we have kid death and corporations don't want to pay us my name is toby morrell it's the damn news Okay. What have we got? Yeah, Toby. What have we got? Well, Matt, uh, I think you're going to be interested in Did this. You just say, today. well, Matt. Well, Matt's going to like this uh, more than you because you don't like McDonald's as much as me. Ooh, we're still on are, McDonald's. Yeah, we're staying with McDonald's, my friends. Okay. And Joey. Uh, Joey yeah, says book I in love that the interview. with the way it some tastes, McDonald's. Talk, but I feel I like bad. It. Uh, Joey says he feels guilty and bad for eating McDonald's, but he actually does like the taste. That's
0: your stance, Joey. I don't feel guilty, but I feel stands. unhealthy if I eat it a lot. But you don't but yeah, feel guilty it's... about
2: anything you you have that thing inside of you where you don't get guilt. Like if you you you've hurt hey, people,
0: you guys, and never you felt guys one would not shit. believe how much I have progressed in the past few weeks with guilt and feeling depressed and everything. I just you know what happened is I think you made progress just, during the episode th- today know there were yeah, some, no, that, you there know what? some people I'm really proud they, hold of on, you let Mac, me tell you double
2: is the cheapest. In-
0: <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you something. You know all the people that have been telling me to just like snap out of it and just be stronger than and all that stuff? Yeah, they the people were right. Are just- <laughs> I just snapped out of it, man. I never tried. I just, I just snapped. I snapped my, my fingers. <laughs> I was just like, "To hell with this depression stuff. I'm done." It was easy as that, man. I'm done. I don't know why I didn't try it before. It's been it. Worst.
2: I, I, Wake up! So I can kick myself. They're, they're
0: geniuses. Please spread the news to depressed people. Just snap the out hell of out of it. it. It works. Just snap out of it.
2: It's so easy.
1: Don't you see? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> good <laughs> you, lord! Yeah. Joey, I'm proud. It's a man. good one. Toby, frozen. Uh, this comes from
2: ro- ro- roving This comes from roving. roving reporter Justin Long. Uh, and the, it comes from the Telegraph. The McDouble is the cheapest and most nutritious food in human history. I said, I said that. <laughs> uh, yep. Well, it's interesting describing the McDonald's Double Cheeseburger as the cheapest, most nutritious, and bountiful food that has ever existed in human history <laughs> might seem. Beyond fanciful But Check this out Matt But according to the author Of Freakonomics Stephen Dubner It is not as absurd As you may think uh, Stephen Dubner Who co-authored The best selling book Hosted a debate On his blog After the reader suggested That McDonald's That the McDouble Packed a better nutritional punch For the penny Than is often assumed And the double cheeseburger Provides 390 calories 23 grams of protein 23 grams of protein That's, That's good he's It's doing. more than a can <laughs> of tuna has 14
1: yeah. grams by the way
2: Uh Half a daily serving, seven uh, percent of daily fiber, uh, nineteen grams of fat, and twenty uh, percent of daily calcium—all for between a dollar and two dollars. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Kyle, Kyle Smith, even from the New York Post columnist, even threw in his uh, two cents by saying, "For the average poor person, it isn't a great option to take a trip to the farmers' market and puzzle over." The esoteric lefty foodie codes. Facts are facts. Where else but McDonald's can poor people obtain so many calories per dollar? Yep. Right. And that comes from Stephen Dubner, Freak- Freakonomics, which I listen to that podcast and think he's really pretty awesome. But, I mean, it is true. I've thought about it more and more. Like, when I see some of the deals at fast food, it does – I understand why there's hunger. I understand why people don't people don't have money. Some people don't even have a dollar. Some people don't have – one penny to their name and and there's a lot of you know external uh, internal and external circumstances with that but i mean it is crazy how many people can eat almost 400 calories and have a ton of different things inside of it for a dollar a dollar that's right Yeah, i mean i got my i can, you can get a coffee for a dollar you can get so much food for a dollar it's like why why are you smiling so big Joey?
0: <laughs> you are you happy about are you I just think what? it's something else man I mean what, what he's just, just not look he, he, Joey's gonna speak to the
1: every man out there No, no okay if you listen to Steven Dubner he's nicer than me so he gets a lot more credit if I say something sounds obnoxious right. and everybody thinks I'm being an ass or p- pretending or whatever it is listen to Steven Dubner explain it he'll explain it better than me but most people out there reject it because they know before they look at the nutritional value before they evaluate it before they use one ounce of logic or prefrontal yeah. thought they know that McDonald's is bad they start with that assumption and they know they're supposed to feel guilty when they eat it or say something good about (laughs) it and joey's going to represent represent that opinion in three two one go i mean nutritious (laughs) right what was nutrition fat protein carbohydrates calcium what else are we talking about so so are they
0: basically saying that proportionate to the price Okay, people misunderstand the
1: the term nutrition
0: is the only way I know how to explain it here. I mean, okay, how about this?
1: Uh, McDouble and they'll throw in a Centrum A to Z vitamin. Now are we good?
0: (laughs) I mean, what are you talking about nutrition? What do you think nutrition is? Part of my... Part of my smile is I want to jump on this and just start eating McDonald's every day. It's a wonderful, delightful meal. Okay. I love it. Uh, again,
1: if you if you go there in the morning and get two eggs that they crack, sure, grill for before. you and hand to you, drink unsweet tea, drink the black coffee, and eat the McDouble and throw away the bun, you're doing pretty good. There's really no problem with that. There's nothing, right. there's nothing bad about that. Well,
2: Well, how about this? As long as you don't overeat, like if you eat a hamburger and French fries and a regular Coke, yeah, then you're getting into a ton of calories. But what they're saying is, if you eat a ton of bad calories, a a moderate, proportionate amount of food at McDonald's, it's not devastating to you. The Coke and the fry
1: and the buns are the problem there. Okay, the the sugar and the Coke is calories that aren't. You know, it's whatever. But even. I always look at food this way. I'm always looking for the highest calorie food. That's what I'm looking for. That's the point of eating is to get calories. Now you want to decide what the macronutrients... Hear the word nutrient, macronutrient, nutrition. Macronutrients are fat, carbs, and protein. That's what nutrition is. Then there's other things like vitamins and long-term stuff. You get scurvy if you don't have... Blah, blah, blah. Those are secondary things. But to be... To get nutrients from ground he's beef, he's not listening
2: to you, man. Yeah, no, he it's, it's okay. Everybody's doing that. Forget it.
1: Okay, moving on. Hey, no, not everybody. But
2: Joey I heard for the sure. scurvy. I mean,
0: no, I heard about scurvy. <laughs> he,
2: so here's what it is. Joey thinks McDonald's is junk food. He relates a, Period. A, a, by category,
1: a, regardless of what they sell. Right. I understand. Yeah. I, it. It.
2: It's the same as eating a bunch of candy to right. Joey.
1: There's no difference. You don't
2: get any kind of nutritional value out of a burger same way as you don't out of Twizzlers, maybe. That's, that's nonsense. I mean? But okay. Nah, that's not true. That's All right. not true. Anyway, don't speak you know, to me. Exactly, you, sick no, it's, son exactly, of a bitch. True. No, it's, it's exactly true. It's exactly true. You left your true. son
0: in the back of the car. <laughs> Come on. You didn't have to say that. <laughs> oh gosh You just gave me hey, something new for his I back pocket I should have never shared that ever. on the podcast yeah, I, I don't think you
1: should have either
0: <laughs> I, I mean know. Now, now, I know it's, now it's every kicking few weeks, dogs I'm go- every- It's kicking <laughs> dogs <laughs> Dropping your condom Showing your dad your wiener And leaving your son of the damn car I should have never gone <laughs> out of, there Out of context with people that don't know you You are worse than the worst <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean you it. deserve hell Like no other. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that is a mistake that All right, see y'all, see y'all next time. See ya.
0: All right. <laughs> You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Jabberjawmedia.com